My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's a podcast extra, because we're going to talk about our trip, the WNR podcast trip, to WWE Raw and WWE Smackdown on the 14th and 15th of May at the O2 in London, England. I'm going to start this off, and uh, like we say... This is what the podcast is going to be all about, but we are going to have a little bit of news. We'll talk about the European tour as well, and just run through that we've done. So we're going to go through the entire show for Raw, SmackDown, and 205 Live, and talk about everything else. So the last time we did this was, of course, for the NXT event in June. Now, we will be going back and referencing that. So if you want to go back and listen to the WNR Podcast Extra of us at NXT Live, then do that, because that's a good companion piece to this. Also, another good piece is to go back and listen to our Raw and SmackDown review show from last year, because I think this today we're going to be a little bit more positive than we were last year, because last year was a little bit disaster, not only with the talent, but, of course, with the tickets and the so-called... Um, VIP thing that we, we, we bought as well and spent God knows the amount of money. But we're going to go through all that and um, we're going to start the show now. So I think the first thing to say is like your tickets because with tours like this, WWE is a machine. And uh, when we were there live, they were promoting not only a date in August, which they do now every year, the tour in November, but also the NXT slash UK tournament at Royal Albert Hall in June. So there's a lot they do. So we bought these tickets way back in November time. Now, because of the disaster last year with the VIP tickets, I said to myself, this year for Raw, we're just going to kind of, not basic tickets, but get whatever's um, kind of worthwhile, you know, not spend maybe too much. I mean, still, 75 200 pounds on a ticket is still quite a lot of money. But with Raw, you're hoping to kind of get your money's worth. So, I mean, we've got the tickets. And... Um, the seats weren't actually too bad then, were they, you know? No, the seats, they were a good view. You could see everything that was going on in the ring. You could see the entrances. So, yeah, you know, you, you can't really complain about that. Yeah, where we were sitting, basically, is, um, you see, if you were faced onto the ring, you could see the entranceway. I back up a little bit from that and to the left. But don't worry, everybody, because obviously we know it's not a visual podcast. If you go to uh, Twitter or Facebook, we'll be posting basically Everything that we are talking about right now, all the videos, I filmed a couple of videos uh, before and after the show to kind of get my 
instant thoughts on it and we're doing this a couple of days afterwards as well but all the pictures that uh, Dan and myself took and where we're sitting and everything like that. so it kind of makes sense um, so traveling up there the, the interesting thing because we are in the um, I think say southeast of England yep. the the traveling to the O2 is not too bad I do feel a bit sorry for people who have to maybe travel other places but then again like we talked about in November time they do have the Manchester tours or Liverpool tour so that does switch it around but uh, I mean it only takes like an hour to get up there and it's uh, quite a pleasant drive I mean Monday's weather wasn't the best but then again it didn't need to be really because you were kind of looking forward to what was going to happen so when we got up there and uh a couple of things, didn't we, from Raw that night when we went up there, Dan? What were they? Um, we wanted to see a few of our favourite wrestlers. We've we, well, we've kind of got a list, but I think we ticked all the boxes on seeing the wrestlers we wanted to see, and we wanted to see a good quality match. You know, a, a good quality match or two as well to uh, you know bum that up. Yeah, I and mean straws. We wanted straws. We want well. well straws. We we'll get onto that in just a second. Uh, the the main thing is that we McIntyre and Bobby Roode, who I thought might have been there, and Dan, you were really interested in seeing the um, Intercontinental Title match and hoping that delivered in ring. Apart from that, we weren't really sure because, like I said, Raw really hasn't got that many stars at the moment. Yeah, you've got a kind of Strowman and whatnot, but no one really there who uh, you know. And Roman Reigns, yeah, fair enough, but he's not well liked is he so there's not really any guy so it's kind of like our favourites we wondered how the show would go and we talk about straws we get on to that in a second we went up there in t-shirts now the O2's changed in a year since the last time we were up there because the the merchandise now is in a different place isn't it it's kind of got its own shop now there was a couple of stands outside which there was only one last year and beforehand it was you'd go through into the O2 and then there was just queues and queues of people queuing up towards the left-hand side of the O2. But now it's kind of, you've got a barrier system and then you wait to be called into the shop and it's kind of a more of a shop set up and it's a bit more clearer. Yeah, I I think it's better. But I think the thing is on Raw, because the difference is between Raw and a SmackDown crowd is I think Raw is a lot more adult. There was a lot of guys our age, do you know what I mean? And maybe a little bit older who were there... Uh, and, and really excited, and I mean the queue for Monday for that T-shirt stand was was mental. We we decided against it because we, we you could go up and have a look at the T-shirts, and I guess weren't I think they've been better than they have been in recent years, you know? Yeah, well, it was pointless me buying a T-shirt out there on the Monday because I already had a a certain T-shirt to wear, as you can see on the oh, Twitter yeah. account. We nearly forgot that. Thank you for reminding me, Dan. I can't forget that. No, we'll come back to T-shirts in a minute. Yes, because, talking about T-shirt selection, Dan did lose the year-end predictions, which had to wear a T-shirt of my wrestlers choosing at any time. Basically, I demand week in, week out in the podcast. But I said, there's one special thing and one special place you have to wear it, and that is at Raw Live 2018. And uh, fair, I, I give all the credit in the world to you, Dan, for putting that T-shirt on. We see his big smiley face outside the O2. You'll see that on Facebook and Twitter. Well, it's it wasn't <laughs> so much that I hated Enzo. It was more twinned with the fact of what he'd done after. So it's kind of it's kind of like wearing a Chris Benoit T-shirt a couple of days after he killed his wife yes, and kids. Yes, but we should say, because uh, we don't want to get in trouble... Enzo Moy now, as we've seen on Twitter, has been cleared of all charges yes. due to, to the rape. 
But it what it, that was done on what Thursday or, yeah. or Wednesday, and um, we obviously went to Raw on Monday. There was a funny exchange between uh, a couple of people and Dan. Uh, one where we were in the line, and the German guy came up to him. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, hello, guys. Um, do you do know that Enzo Amore was abducted two months ago? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, what, really? Oh, my God, that's, that's terrible. Dan, why are you wearing a T-shirt like that? <laughs> why? Why would you do it? Why? But I'll tell you what was weird, though, because obviously Dan lost a, a prediction slash bet to wear it. But you weren't the only one rocking an Enzo t-shirt, were you? No, I I spotted about three or four other Enzo Moray t-shirts in the crowd. So I wasn't the only one wearing an Enzo t-shirt, which was, you know, a slight relief. Yeah, slight relief slash worry that these young girls were wearing an Enzo Moray t-shirt. Look, I'm not going to make any jokes (laughs) about why they were wearing it uh, for. Rape is obviously a serious thing. We do not condone anything, any uh, actions that may or may not have happened. But, you know, it's, it's it was more of the fact that I hate Enzo yes. as a wrestler, as a person. Yeah. I think he's a complete tosser, you know, away from the rape. Yeah. You've hated him situation. You've hated him for... Since I saw him. Yeah, since the day you saw him. It was hate at first it sight. It really was. It's, it's something kind of beautiful about that, um, where you just dislike someone. I obviously know about that. We'll get on to that in a little bit. But, so, um, you know, as, as we got from... Two years ago, when Jared joined us up, you know, you remember Jared, don't yeah, you? Jared. Yeah, the annoying one from the podcast who always put input in, but he bought a t-shirt for the yeah. spe- for the specific reason to annoy me. And I think about a week or two after he bought the t-shirt, he wore it, and then we never saw Jared again. No, we didn't. So, yeah. you know, that t-shirt kind of fell flat and backfired. But yes. anyway. But my Enzo t-shirt really didn't. And no. uh, I mean, for the deal I got out on everybody, WWE shop, when it was like Black Friday, I got it for like £3. So, you know, I didn't spend a lot of money. You, you overpaid, <laughs> but then, you know, you've put money in Enzo Amore's pocket. I have so. indeed. And, and, and for that reason with you, I'm, I'm proud of it. Uh, but speaking of T-shirts, that I mean, we we were discussing a couple of weeks ago about the Royal Rumble, Great Royal Rumble, and about the the kind of money it makes, and about WrestleMania, and WrestleMania this year made like twenty million dollars more than WrestleMania thirty did, and what were the reasons? Well. <laughs> I tell you, one of the fucking reasons that it was the t-shirts have gone up now. The, yes. The, the t-shirts were in my. I think they were twenty quid last year, or only twenty-five. Twenty or twenty-five pound, but still, it's. I think it's more to do with the fact that you couldn't get one of the t-shirts you wanted. The Monday Night Rollins t-shirt they had sold out of that in triple XL, quadruple XL. Enlarge. Enlarge, sorry. Jeez, fuck. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> Monday Night Rollins wasn't available. And we didn't want to queue up at that massive kind of merchandise stand as well because we would have been there for two fucking hours. Just to be told that it was sold out there uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because everybody was buying it. It was wearing it on that day. They were buying it to take it home. That was, for me, the, the kind of big seller there. Um, there was a, a couple of other, you know, T-shirts. There was a Ronda Rousey T-shirt, which did get some people excited. Um, I did get myself one, but of course Ronda Rousey wasn't there, but did compete on the W Tour, and there was some more news about her later on in the show as well. But uh, I mean, T-shirts fake power. I mean, it's crazy. And like they had the Money in the Banks again, didn't they? The little the Money in the Banks, a green and gold one, and a gold and green one. I think, no, so so. Yeah, so there's different options now. And I mean, there was WWE title belt. And uh, you three hundred and fifty quid, three hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, I mean, a lot of guys were wearing championship belts as I well. Saw a lot of. 
Yeah, a lot of blokes. Mm. And you know, <laughs> wearing them because they had the smaller, cheaper yeah. ones. And, and it, still. the kids realise if they wear the tote bags, they look like fucking idiots. <laughs> no, no, no offence to anybody that wears championship belts to events. But I, again, the way they walk around, they're actually not a champion. You know, it is a replica belt, but. Yeah, I'm not going to have a go. I mean, there was, like I said, a, a wide selection of t-shirts there. Couldn't get the Monday Night Rollins one, so that's thirty quid. I looked online and managed to get it for eighteen pounds delivered the next day. So I mean, that wasn't too bad, really. I still get the t- did get the t-shirt I wanted and a WWE Live one as well. Uh, just to say you were here, you know, it's a Raw and SmackDown European tour dates, uh, and, th- and that's one of these t-shirts that. You you can't get anywhere else, do you know what I mean? You have to be there at that event to actually have it, as opposed to maybe other the shirts as well. Um, the t-shirt we noticed the difference in VIP because last year our VIP service was fucking awful. Uh, it was probably one of the worst experiences I've I've ever had in a you know kind of being pushed to the side, nobody really knowing what they're going. This year was slightly different, wasn't it? You know, it was especially from what we. Our ex- expectations of what we'd get from the VIP tickets to what we actually got was like going to an event expecting to see Randy Orton and Enzo Amore turning up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we got a bag which I actually use quite a bit because it carries my laptop and tablet here. Come up here for the podcast. But that's the only thing I use. I think we got a VIP hat. Yeah, we did, yeah. We got a program slash poster book. Mm-hmm. We got a signed picture. I think I got. You got Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin. Yeah. Um, Where is your Baron Corbin right now? That's at home. I think my yeah. own is on the wall. But I mean, again, uh, no t-shirt with that. We got a lanyard holder, VIP lanyard yeah. holder, which was pointless because I never wear a lanyard anyway. Yeah, but we didn't need it for that event anyway. There wasn't no. any, and it was, it was the seats. Well, it's good, but this year the bag seemed a lot bigger. Well, eh? the bag seemed a lot bigger. This it year, was didn't more, it? as opposed to a drawstring bag, it was a holdall, yeah, which exactly, looks yeah. a lot nicer. Um, I think you know, teamed with where they were sitting as well. If you get a ringside seat, I think you was able to collect a chair afterwards. I think that's an extra hundred pounds as well. I think yeah. it was like three fifty was the kind of like ringside seat, and the VIP was two fifty, um, and then. It wasn't great, and I think you can meet a wrestler. But as we were walking out of the event for either Raw or SmackDown, we walked past Jordan Devlin anyway. So there was a couple of guys who, yeah. wrestlers that were there, that like people just didn't realise because they were kind of UK talent. Uh, so we queued up. The, we, we went in. I mean, at times for it, luckily Subway was open again this year, which was one of the bonuses that, that we was, found. Yeah, one of the saving graces. <laughs> yeah. well, we had one of them and uh, walked up to the event and doors opened at half five, which uh, again is early. We consider the show doesn't start till seven. But us being the ever optimistic ones, we uh, we went straight up at half five. And actually, Monday night, we got in really quickly, didn't we? We did. James chose to go down to the right hand side and as we did the right hand line was moving a lot quicker than any other lines and we got in a hell of a lot quicker than pretty much everyone else that was queuing up which yeah. again is a bonus it is uh, what wasn't a bonus is then when we walked in because the thing is obviously I understand with security you've got all this handing your tickets and for the first time this year we printed our tickets off as opposed to having the kind of I, I do like the the standard issue ticket, but I thought this year because of the problems we had last year getting the tickets as well. That's another thing. The v- you spend that amount of money on the VIP ones, and then they don't come, and then you have to contact the O2 and go, oh, well, this is slightly different for that. Whereas these ones, they came in the email, 
and then you could just print them out, you know, and then use them. And it worked quite well, didn't it? it that wasn't did, that yes. wasn't a problem. Yeah. We didn't bring any bags with us. The people with bags, we kept getting searched and stuff. So, and we didn't get frisked. Well, unfortunately, no. But you know, like, we 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 walked through. Everything was fine. Tickets there. Uh, you have to put all your drinks. You can't take any drinks and you can't take any food in. A guy with a picnic bag actually had to throw one, throw it away. I say picnic, but like an Asda bag full of stuff. Uh, and all the drinks you can't buy. And, you know, you wonder why, because obviously cats and throwing stuff. It's not because of that. It's because when you walk into the whole section, they can charge you what they want for food and drink. And they did, didn't they? £5.50 for a large Coke. And £4.50 for, or £4 for some chips, which yeah. is... No more than a large McDonald's portion. Well, honestly, we we we've, we've taken pictures of this, and this is one of the things that uh, five pound fifty for a coke. I mean, I know in the cinema it's like five pound for a coke, but even still, they they don't have to charge. And every the queues for this, we queued up longer for for chips and a drink than we did for the actual tickets themselves. You know, and t-shirts, yeah. and they were selling t-shirts in there as well for like, thirty pounds. And I mean, it. We, we, again, we've done a video of it, and it was just hundreds of thousands of people queuing up to get food and drinks. And God knows how much they made. So we queued up. We got our, we got our um, chips. We got a drink. So that'd be fine, wouldn't it? No problems there. We didn't get a straw. You're paying five pound fifty for a large coke. You need a straw. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. It's, I don't know if you've seen these big. <laughs> cokes but you know this you can't drink them like you would a normal cup of drink it is it is an annoyance and you know teamed with the amount that you're spending on the drink to throw in a free straw it's you know. it, it, it's disgusting you know the guy was saying oh we ain't got no straw and we were just like are you, are you joking with this you know you, you charge all this amount of money and you can't afford straws, what? Because you're saving yourself some. Well, save us some fucking money then. It's one of those things. Turn your team into the fact of how much the splash costs of coke it is. <laughs> yeah. So I've just dropped twenty five p up me, you know. Like, it's yeah. only a little drop, but uh, so yeah. So that was a bit of a joke. But we we sat down and just kind of poked it. We didn't go into our seats. We just watched everybody walking around. And every year we always ask ourselves like. What's the kind of what's going to be the chance this year? You know, because sometimes uh, I remember going and like bad news, but everybody was coming out afterwards and going, "I've got some bad news." The Fandango won one year with everybody doing that. Da, 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 da. So there's a lot of them, and this year, well, there's one obvious one that anybody does, no matter where they go. Woo! For some reason, do that, and then you get kind of woos going off around. Uh, and we were wondering like, what else would would be the big thing, and uh, we we weren't really sure. And it was quite a surprise, considering it was Monday, not Tuesday. I think the biggest chant going around with people was Rusev Day, wasn't it, you know? It was a very popular... It was the chant of yeah. the year. Yeah, it really was, you know. We got, it, people in Raw doing it all the time. Uh, a few other woos in this, but nothing really else. I mean, even the kind of Cena sucks, let's go. That didn't happen at all. Cena wasn't there. Cena wasn't there. Um it, And even on Tuesday, getting into that, like, with the New but Day chant wasn't that much. You know, if you think... What other chants are there at the moment, apart from Yes, because yeah. there's a few of them, and, you know, but that's that's normally if a wrestler prompts for the answer of an affirmative, yeah. then everyone goes, yes, yes, yes. So, they've, even, they've even started um, cutting down on the what's now. I mean, there's what? a, uh, there is a few. What? There is a... What? Anyway, I'm going to move on. For, yeah, so there's a few of them. Um, another thing as well is what we had last year, I think, or the year before, 
when we came out with the cars and all the cars were honking the New Day theme. That was, that was <laughs> quite funny. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was doing that. Um, so, yeah, we got in. We uh, got our seats and found them. And like I say, not bad. But no matter where I sit, and this is first world problems, ladies and gentlemen. No matter where I sit at the O2, lights will be on me like anything else in the world. And these ones, it was like... Massively on me because obviously there's a big light rig above the rig, but there was a kind of one light that just flashed in my eyes every kind of like five seconds. And they can even hear like the women near me and uh, people like that going, Fucking, what's wrong with that light? You know, just every once in a while. Really, really annoying. I was alright because I was wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, you were fine. You just down a slight yeah. touch and it was blocking the lights out. So. And your Enzo Mori t shirt. <laughs> of course, my Enzo Amore t shirt, which has now been burned. <laughs> yeah, I, I've given that to you now. You can do what you want with it. Uh, so we were there. The crowd, I, I noticed, uh, it was, it was kind of. Well, how many people were there, would you say, Dan? That I roar. would say the O2 was approximately 95% filled to capacity. Yeah. And given the fact that you've got the, the ringside seats and then it goes up to lot, and then you've got another tier above that and then you've got the, the cheap seats up in the rafters as well. It was, yeah, I think it was jam-packed. Yeah, no, it was really well done for, for everybody coming there. But I think the atmosphere is a little bit quieter than we have experienced it in previous years. That would be fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not having a go. We were loud, and there were some funny moments of the. But like to begin with, that like, I've heard it again. It might be a problem because there's no real stars there, or because of the way the product's been recently. But I, I didn't feel like a real massive load of excitement. One funny thing in our seats, I did have a, a little boy sit next to me with his dad. Obviously, a little boy it must be his first event, and he was kind of like jumping up and down the seat, you know, rocking back and forth, and so excited. Unfortunately, it didn't last that long. I didn't do anything to him. Just after like an hour of being at the event, he kind of got tired. But um, it's kind of, you know, not every, if everybody was like that, then the place would have been rocking. But it's kind of quiet to start. But uh, then, you know, they, they do the whole thing. It's quite exciting. The lights go down and they do the kind of, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WWE event. If you take any pictures, we'll kill you. Uh, and then it's, they start always showing a, a, a reel of WrestleMania. So every WrestleMania... That you know they've just had they'll show it on the big screen. Of course, everybody cheers and boos along, uh, which is still great. And the Undertaker still gets a hell of a pop, no matter if you're watching him on a big screen or whatever it is. He he's still got one of the biggest cheers of the night. You know, they went through that, and then we kind of started the show proper. Of course, no um, pyro anymore. They don't do that for WWE events, but they changed the ring because it it's weird why they do it really. Because you come in and there's a raw ring there, isn't there? And you yes. think, oh, okay, Raw's there, mm-hmm. they're fine. And then they change the ring before anything ever happens, didn't they? You know, they just come in and... They do, they come in, change the ring apron. They, I think one of them's digital. Yeah. <clears throat> the one facing the static camera's digital. And then the other three, they change. And do they change the turnbuckle pads as well? I, I think they do sometimes, you know. I know they do for 205, obviously, in different colours. But it was WWE main event that they're going to film a, a couple of matches for. So... Uh, Everybody got in their position and uh, we were looking forward to it. And the first team to come out, or the first people to come out of the night, were the Authors of Pain, which is a, a really nice, you know, kind of seeing them in action. Because we had talked about the June NXT event, of course, we we had seen them as a tag team there, haven't we, you know? <laughs> we seen them face to face there. Yeah, I, I got too close to a calm. 
oh, too close to Razor and called him a calm, or too close to a calm and called him Razor. It was a bit of an awkward you moment. You shat yourself. I, I was worried because you the way he looked yourself. at me, even though I was shouting, you the man, which is kind of my go-to chant, we'll get on to that. Uh, <laughs> but we saw Officer of Pain in action in NXT, and now we see them on the uh, the main roster, so to speak, and they were going against a team of Titus World Slide, which was Titus O'Neil, Apollo Crews, and Dana Brooke. i tell you what, Titus come out to a really big fucking chant. I think ever since he slid underneath that ring, he's kind of endeared himself to the fans in a way not many wrestlers can, you know? he's He's been deemed as, uh, I know you, it's a bit of a weird phrase, but he's been seen as human. Yeah. Because, you know, he knows he fucked up. He's grasped it with both hands or he slid it. He slid into it. (laughs) He slid and skidded into the slide. But he's, I think he's come out of it better on the other side. Yeah, Yeah, I really do as well. And uh, it was a positive reaction. We all all like to cheer for him. Uh, But a calm and razor. I mean, what did you think of the match? If you can cast your mind back. (laughs) It wasn't a terrible match. I think, you know... uh, World slide, I think they got in a bit more of offence than, you know, one would have expected against the Authors of Pain being, you, you know, who they was going against. Yeah. World slide, a, a slightly more glorified jobbers. Yeah, I think that'd be fair, yeah. But, you know, I think they've, uh, you know, they they done they performed well in the match. And it could have been better for him, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was tight, they've got the hot tag to a great response, you know. It was really good to see him. Uh, went through a few pound calls, one with the last chapter. But my problem is I really like a Carmen Razor, and they kind of got kind of tepid response. Yeah, they got a few kind of NXT chants because they know where they are. But to to debut like they did the night after WrestleMania and then kind of drop off, it, for, for WWE, it's no point just having them on the roster. It kind of hurts them in that way where you start them kind of hot and then push them back and like, well, they're not ready yet. Well, don't bring them up until you think they're ready. Dave... Just, I think they should have been given the monster push that the Bludgeon Brothers have yeah, got. Without a shadow of a doubt. Or, if you're going to bring Officer Pain up, don't make such a big deal and have him on main event doing these type of matches. And when you want to make a proper impact on Raw, then, like you said, do it like this. Because it does hurt the Officer Pain. Akama Razor are good workers, even though they're big men. The fact is that we see them in NXT countless of times and we know they can work good matches with the right team. So, I was a bit surprised by that, Officer Pain. Uh, then the next match after that, another guy surprised who'd fallen down so much was Chad Gable. He was on main event, and I got another quiet response to him. Uh, but I can't remember who he faced in that. I can't remember. James, you you were you wasn't sat down through that entire match. You was on your feet cheering. I think three security guards had to come and subdue you because you was marking out so bad. Because it was Mojo freaking Rawley. I think you'll find the video evidence supports the fact that not only did I do nothing during the match and filmed it, the fact the crowd started walking out in disgust of Mojo Rawley. And I'll tell you what, they only came back when Raw started. It was it was, it was, was awful, you know. Uh, but I will give credit where credit's due to Mojo, right? He's an awful wrestler, okay? He, he, he looks like a fucking idiot. His music's awful, but the reception he got to a couple of things he did, did get a few boos. Now, I don't know if it's the fact is because it's kind of like the first and second match, really into it, and they want to boo you, but I think he got more boos than Chad Gable got cheers. And I think that may be something to look at for him 
if he can change his name and his look and his personality and everything he's about, he might have a chance in WWE. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot. Uh, it was it, For me, it's a pretty terrible match, to be fair. Chad tried to bring out the best in him and couldn't really get it done, and, and I was shocked by the result. Which was, I, I can't remember, did Mojo pick up the victory against the man who went to the wire against Roman Reigns and John Cena? Yes, yes he did. Wow. Yes, wow. He, he did. Yeah, great. Uh, right, so then Raw started, of course Raw started, and uh, we had the big uh, build build up for it. It's quite funny, so Raw's going to go live in 10 seconds where it was, and it never did. Uh, <laughs> Every time, though. Yeah, it was fine. So we started off, but of course being told we're in London, England, and then we had Roman Reigns come out, and what response did he get? <laughs> it was a loud response, a resounding boo. It was it was horrible, the kind of uh, just hatred for him. And heels and faces are something I want to bring up on Raw because at the moment it's an absolute mess. You know, you look at the night, who got gin, who got booed. It's really, really bad. But Reigns came out first um, to basically say that he wanted another opportunity to qualify for Money in the Bank. Well, he was saying he wanted Jinder Mahal because Jinder Mahal... Cost him the win in money in his Money in the Bank qualifier the previous week on Raw. Yeah, so, I mean, that's fair enough. And uh, he wanted to call him out. And, of course, instead, the general manager, Kurt Angle, came out. And this was a nice surprise. Very good surprise. Seeing as though he wasn't there last year. This is the thing. We, 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 were, we thought he would be there, but he wasn't. I think that's what annoyed me last year a little bit. But he came out. We got to do the You Suck, and we saw Kurt Angle live. Uh, and what did he say to Roman Reigns? He said... No, you're not getting Jinder Mahal because Jinder Mahal is going against Elias or GPD and Bobby Lashley for another spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So, I mean, strong words there for Kurt Angle. So Reigns then said, basically, look, if um, you're not going to give me what I want, I'll go and get what I want. And then he went backstage. And then we saw this on the kind of big screen that came up. Yep, he hunted down Jinder Mahal, who used Sun Hill as a human shield. And then Jinder Mahal started getting the upper hand on Roman, threw a bin at him, uh, started beating Reigns down, and then Reigns managed to turn it around, and they brawled all the way to the stage where Reigns delivered a Superman punch to Jinder Mahal. Yeah, and then all the uh, referees and security and whatnot came out to kind of stop this. And um, I didn't think it was too bad. It kind of showed Roman Reigns's. Um kind of badass side but the crowd are just completely against him now so they was as he got know. kicked out by Kurt Angle I noted a na 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 yeah <laughs> see you later you so exactly so we, no one was a fan of Reigns even though I didn't think it was a bad way to start and then of course um, we get our first match of the night, which was the Intercontinental Championship. It was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. This is a match that we knew was going to happen because of a tweet sent out. Seth Rollins issued a challenge to anyone in the locker room, and it was none other than Kevin Owens who answered it. Yeah, and Kevin Owens is a guy that I think it would be fair to say we're both big fans. Um, 
just a great worker and gets the right reaction. There is nothing likable about Kevin Owens when he's a heel, you know. Yet he is a piece of shit, and that's what's great about him. And one thing we want, well, Dan definitely wanted to hear, is when Seth Rollins come out, how loud the um, the burn it down, yeah, the burn it down was. Fair play to him. Um, so yeah, Seth Rollins came out to defend the. What did we think of the match? We had quite good... Like I say, the seats weren't bad, so we could sit back and kind of enjoy it. What did you think? I thought the match was absolutely brilliant. It's... I'd have to go out as far to say it's probably the best match I've seen live on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I think that would be fair to say. You know, it was. that's how good it was. Both men... Um, Trading near falls. I mean, the kind of spots that he did on the apron as well. When Rollins we hit. had a falcon arrow on the ring apron. Yeah, the falcon arrow on the ring apron. Two straight suicide dives. We even got a This Is Awesome chant, which I know we heard it a few times throughout the couple of days we was up there, but this one, it was actually meant. Yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was awesome. We even got the fisherman buster from the top rope as well. Yes, we did. I mean, Owens looked so good. Uh, of course, going for the... Uh, Bullfrog splash as well, just kind of missing out, I think. That's towards the end. Well, there was a bullfrog splash, and there we see the frog splash as well. Yeah. Closing sequences. I mean, it was just really well, it really, really put yeah. together well, you know. Seth hit the ripcord knee to a near count, and then I think he got the stump as Owens was climbing back into the ring. Yep. So, Rollins for Tate. And I'll tell you something else about Seth Rollins. It's the guy, that's this guy, um... I, I've been a huge fan of Seth Rollins for a very long time, and I've said what's vital for him after coming back from injury. And they building some momentum and just pulling out good matches. And he is doing that week in and week out now, Seth Rollins. And the latest rumours, rumour has it going around. Rumour has it. That Rollins will be next in line to Lesnar at Extreme Rules. But the way Rollins is performing, I wouldn't be surprised if Rollins gets a good match out of Lesnar. The the thing is, the IC title is looking better each week in, week out, with Rollins defending it, the passion that he's got as well, you know? Especially as there's kind of an ab- universal champion. Yeah. I think that plays into a lot of the factor. If Lesnar was about, or if it was, you know, if someone who was there week in, week out, was actually holding the title, then I think it would be a lot different. And I think what's really important as well is Rollins gets cheered as a good guy. And like I said, that doesn't really exist as much anymore, especially on the Raw brand. So Rollins will be able to do that. It may be so Hill, now he's come back now, that the fans can do actually respect him, which is it's only going to get better and better, you know. Uh, so then we're sitting in our seats, and uh, waiting around, and then we get this kind of breaking news happen on the big screen. And this is like that kind of broke for us as we were travelling up to Raw, wasn't it? You know, you told me that. Yes. It was, um, I can't remember, HBC Universal or NBC Universal. They was backstage at some promo place, and Rousey was getting interviewed on camera. Charlotte comes up to her as their friends backstage, and they was talking and having a laugh with each other a bit of wooing was going on Rousey you know not so much as good a wooer as Charlotte but she tried bless her heart and uh on in comes Nia Jax and she says you can woo but can you do this and she held up the women's championship um Rousey said (laughs) so Jax challenged Ronda Rousey so the big news is basically after all those shenanigans but I think the way she challenged her was it was slightly different because Rousey said look there's a lot of people that deserve it more 
you know, go go challenge someone else. You know, as uh, to this point, I think Rousey's probably only had two or three matches, including on live shows, and that you know she's not had that many, and they've not been singles one on one matches either. Yeah. And you know, she's like, look, there's a lot of other women that deserve it, and Jack said, look. I don't want to face anyone else. I want to face you. You're my biggest challenge. You're the biggest threat. I want you. And I think that's the problem. Uh, I think the way Jack's, like we talked about, being a face of a heel and then challenging Rousey and then after the challenge accepted, they kind of break cats and fuck around, which again doesn't really help. Um, the, the thing, is, the fact is, yeah, Ronda Rousey will challenge Nia Jax for the women's title. Why is this happening so soon, you ask? Well, there's a lot of stories going around. Rousey's now saying that she wants to be pregnant someday. And if that is to happen, that might ruin WWE's plans. There's obviously talk about her going back to MMA at a certain point. So I think WWE now is kind of panic mode. And they're trying to go, right, let's just try and get the most out of Rousey whilst we can before she kind of gives up her own dream. She did wrestle... Uh, in the European tour, a couple of tag team matches, like you say, and obviously that on-screen explanation from Rousey is trying to get the uh, the, the marks, or, or trying to get the kind of hardcore fan base saying like, why do they deserve? Why does she deserve it? And she actually explains why she doesn't. But she's been put in that situation now. Situation. Uh, so it's big news, you know, Rousey versus Jackson. And as far as I think, there's still four weeks to go to Money in the Bank, so there's still a long time to uh, build it up as well. Uh, but after that, we had another backstage uh, segment, this time a Kurt Angle, Dan, and the former Miz Taraj and Curtis Axel, and they're trying to find find a name for themselves. I think they did try going for the A-team, but of course that's already taken by a popular TV series and film. So, you know, they was, they was scurrying about trying to find a name. So they said, what about the B team? And Angle's like, well, you know, that's it's not the best team. And he said, well, you know, it's not the... That's a stupid name, he that said. That is a stupid name, yes. <laughs> and because the B stands for best. Ah! For the best team. That makes more sense. So the best team on Raw. But Angle said, well, the problem is, is that, yeah... You keep losing. You suck. You lost to the tag team cha- titles, the tag team champions last week. What are you going to do? And Bo says, "I understand that, but that's the Misterage. The B team is undefeated." <laughs> so <laughs> Angle was like, "What?" And Curtis is like, "That's a great idea." No. We are what? No. And it's true, they are undefeated. So Angle says, "Well, tonight you're going to be in a match against tag team, and if you can win that, you have that match as long as you get out of my face for the rest of the night." So match is set. It's the B team's first ever match later on, and uh, I, for some reason, I like Curtis Axel anyway, and Bo Dallas. I'm growing a fan of him as well because it's comedy in the right way. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, and while they was talking backstage, we saw the ladders getting set up. So we obviously know yeah. it's for a Money in the Bank ladder match. And first man out. No way Jose comes out here. With a big conga line. Well, it's huge. And all these, uh, I guess, British independent wrestlers coming out here. But uh, yeah, like I say, we're going to see the B team in action later. And uh, hopefully they can be successful. But who will be successful in this Money in the Bank? So we're told it's no way Jose going against Baron Corbin. Going against my man. Mojo. No, my man. The glorious Bobby Roode. And uh, you get one a month. I do get one a month. And you had it live. And I had it live. I had it live and hard, I did. 
Um, Baron Corbin coming out here. And just listen to the reception of Bobby Roode gets here in London. You fucking... It's huge. It's, it's like... It's Hulk Hogan and Austin combined. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, it is. Hogan and his 80s peak. Austin and yeah, 90s Hogan peak. Hogan and Austin. Both. What, brother? <laughs> so Bobby Roode made his way out. Yeah, gets Baron Corbin and Noah Jose. Coincidentally... Not only did we see Noah Jose at the NXT live shows as well when uh, we were watching Bobby from, Ro- Sorry, from front row. From front row. The glorious Bobby Roode was there as well. So it was fantastic to see him. I, of course, was um, jumping up and down at this point. And we've got videos that obviously we're going to put online. Uh, Roode came out here. Uh, so triple threat match, Dan... What are your thoughts on it? It wasn't terrible. There was a good bit of back and forth, you know, going. They was they was each able to secure some near falls. There was a good bit of back and forth when one person gets knocked out, the other two was going at it. So you know, you kind of had all three men going at it one on one against each other at some point, which is is always good to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a bad match. I think the. Um... Fans start shouting like Corbin's coming home, uh, which wasn't a bad chant. And no way Jose didn't get booed out the building yet, even though a few people around us were saying, oh, this is just like Adam Cole for a couple of years ago. We did have Adam, not Adam Cole, Adam Rose. Sorry, not Adam Cole. Adam. But uh, of course, the match finished, we should say, with a glorious DDT and the one, two, three. And of course, the man is money in himself. And he will go to Money in the Bank to be part of the ladder match. So fair play to Bobby Roode. But you've got to ask yourself what they're doing with Baron Corbin at this moment in time as well. You know, being involved in a feud with kind of Noah Jose. We did want to go to Money in the Bank and, of course, lose his briefcase again. But yeah. do you think Baron Corbin's still got a bright future ahead of him? Or do you think he's in a bit of trouble now? I think this is the the downward slope for Baron Corbin. He's... He's not impressed me. I, I don't think he really has impressed me since he's joined the roster, to be honest. No, it's a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? You know, he kind of, we predicted the next day he would be a future WWE champion, but it's really not worked for me. I don't know if his character's a bit bland or he's just not shown the fire that he needs, you know, but there is something missing. <clears throat> but we go backstage and we see uh, Kevin Owens, a very pissed off Kevin Owens, Captain Kurt Angle and saying to him that he wants another opportunity tonight to be involved in the money in the bank. You know, if Jinder Mahal's injured, he wants to take his spot. And Angle says, well, Jinder Mahal's not injured. He'll be fine. Owen says, well, if you're going to push me, Kurt, I will ring Stephanie, you know? And Kurt's like, you do what you have to do. And Owen says, all right, I will. And then Angle checks in on Jinder, and Jinder's a bit banged up, but still be all right for later. So then we had the B-team come out in action and I thought they had brand new t-shirts and then you look closer and you realise you've just put a B with big black pen on the white t-shirts here well that's what I like because it makes it seem as if they've just come up with a name they've got a couple of white t-shirts and they've just put a massive B on it yes which, which, which is kind of like, which they did as well um, and they come out and I thought maybe they'll be going against Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler because you know we still haven't seen them yet but uh, uh, uh. they were going against another one of my favourites, Breeze Angus. So now, if we already look, we've seen, you know, with um, obviously Bobby Roode, Breeze Angus is another one of these teams that I've always been a big fan of. So it is great to see him. Of course, I was doing the uh, the Fandango dancing and he's coming out. 
Breeze Anger come out for their match with the B team. And again, quite a short match. They uh, tried to take down Tyler Breeze and leave him there. Dan, what were your thoughts on the match? I loved the A team chant that was going around the arena. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was it was a good match and if Axel and Dallas was fighting in England every week, I think they'd probably be one of the most over tag teams going. Well, I think this is the thing, they've they've got big potential there, haven't they? Because uh, they seem quite likable and, and like the UK fans got behind it, so hopefully others can as well. They worked on Breeze for a while. Until Fandango got the hot tag. But then the B team managed to turn the table. Fandango missed a big leg drop. A ball happened. Axel tagged in Bo Dallas. And then it was a kind of backdrop into a net breaker. And look at the state of shock in the fans. And Bo Dallas. And Curtis Axel as well. Axel. They've managed to pick up a victory. <laughs> well, they actually won. <clears throat> they actually won. For the first time ever here on my Celebrate Like They Won The World Series. And we saw the very first victory for the B team. Now, I think the B team have got a lot of potential. You know, a little bit like Slater and Rhino. You know, the kind of underdog tag teams going against champions or something like that. I think I'd be quite happy to see something like that. But the amount of potential these guys have got. I mean, the son of the IRS, the son of Mr. Perfect. There was so much that they could do with that. Even Curtis Axel, when he was, he got such a massive chant. I think there was a few wrestlers in the ring when I was part of the Miz Taraj with the Miz still. And it was just all about Axel Mania. Yeah, it really was. So, like I said, there's, there's loads of untapped potential there. Uh, up next after that, uh, well, I should say first off, the first two hours for the event, I think went really, really quick in my eyes, you know. Uh, we were on to that kind of women's six-man tag team match. And I was like, wow, you know, two hours in. And then for me, it did slightly drag. I'm not going to... It did start dragging a little bit. Not in a bad way. I mean, the the sixth women's tag team match, we had Riot Squad, the two Ts, Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose, uh, Liv Morgan, and obviously Ruby Ruby Riot. And then on the good team we had... We had Sasha Banks, Ember Moon, and Natalia. And another thing about Ember Moon is that the last time we saw her at a live show was going against Oscar in a fantastic women's championship match, you know. So it was great to see her move on the main roster. We were hoping to see in the clips, and unfortunately, um, we didn't. But what, did, what were your thoughts on the entire match, Dan? It was just a way to use up a bit of the roster. You know, you had six women there. I don't think it was a great match, but it wasn't a terrible match if, if you catch the drift. You know, it yeah. wasn't... It wasn't anything to write home about, but it was, you know, it was good to see Ember Moon, as you know, we mentioned that we saw her last at NXT, a bit of Sasha Banks and, and others. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the the thing is though, is that it's kind of WWE's go-to thing at the moment is to put women in, the, you know, six-person tag team matches. I think that's the go-to thing. I think if you look at Raw for these past cut the bumps. I think one of these has always been featured in there. And it just means it's like them going, right, let's just take up a segment as opposed to having any kind of storyline development. You know, nothing really between Sasha Banks and Bailey here tonight, you know. Um very slow build and what they're doing with Riot since she's coming over to Raw, she's kinda of doing the same thing again, isn't she? And weirdly enough, I thought Ember Moon would be able to get the eclipse and win here. But they used Natalia, didn't they, you know? Natalia got the victory with the sharpshooter. Yeah, of course, so. yes. 
I mean, not a bad reception for Natalia, and I think Banks was probably the most over person in this match. But again, it's a bit of a disappointment, really, that we didn't see Ember Moon's Eclipse. So then we find out, Dan, the most important thing, that tonight we will be having a tag team match, and it will be the monster among men, Braun Strowman, can't do, do like a northern accent, and Finn Balor, can't do that Irish accent, versus Drew McIntyre <laughs> and Dolph Ziggler. So we would see the MacMeister here tonight on Raw, and then they give a fantastic promo. You tell me he's not a future WWE champion. Look in his eyes. Yeah, you got fire in your eyes, Drew. Ziggler doesn't want to take food off your table. He wants to flip the flipping table. Next bit's a bit of a surprise, because after that, I think we had... Oh, no, we didn't. We had... This is a fucking hell. See, I've forgotten about this. So, after we had yet another tag team match. It was kind of tag team match, triple threat night, wasn't it, really? And it was the Revival who were falling so far right now and the news is at the moment they're going to go back and do NXT shows now the revival which I think is good they for have been doing NXT shows yeah so yeah. I, and someone said to him on the internet uh, on Twitter was like isn't it bad he goes I love wrestling just going back to NXT it's fine for me you know I think revival might need to do that build them up again and bring them back but they were going against the Raw Tag Team Champions of Team Wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Or the deleters of worlds. Or the deleters of worlds. Got to see the fireflies. Now you did get to see the fireflies last year, and um, we saw them again here. And I took a few pictures of uh, the crowd, and it is a f- still a thing of amazement. Everybody getting their phones out and just uh, the complete lights around the um, the arena. Not many wrestlers have an entrance like that, and it's still pretty cool. But the match itself, uh, I think it was over. It was any. I was more engrossed in that he's got the whole world in his hands and Bray and Matt was both reacting to that as well, which I absolutely loved. And also, I think it was a standing ovation that Matt Hardy does mocking one of the revival during the match as well, where he gets over here. Uh, it's weird, because like, last year, you know, the Hardys were there, but they're only there for a couple of minutes. So it's it's good this year that we actually get to see Matt Hardy for a little bit longer and teaming up with Bray Wyatt. And again, a revival, another tag team that are really, really good, not getting used right. The kind of basic, well, would it be fair to say this was a squash match? It was, yes. Yeah, I, I think it pretty, revival might have got a little bit of offense in, but nothing too major. And, um, no, the kiss of deletion wrapped it up, really. Yeah, and this is the thing, and I said this during, uh, might have been the Great Raw Rumble, about the finisher of Bray and Matt needed a little bit of work. They tried a different variation here, and it looked kind of a little bit better. So, But the more they work together, the more they're going to kind of get into it, aren't they? So we'll see what happens there. Oh, yeah, we saw Bailey coming out, and then Banks just staring at her before well, we got told the... Uh, the women's triple threat money bank qualifier was next, even though it wasn't. Well, it wasn't a match. Up next, it was Sami Zayn's anti-Bobby Lashley campaign. So we got Sami Zayn when we were there. Obviously, we got Sami Zayn's full uh, theme song coming. You've got all the videos to that, haven't you? I believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sami Zayn comes out. Huge uh, sing-along to his entrance. I mean, everybody was... Uh, Loving it, loving life, really. And uh, he, he came out, he was ch- he was in the ring, and we were jeers. And then you go back and watch the actual show, and you're in for a little bit of a surprise, really, because you're like, well, they're going to show bits and pieces of that, aren't they? And we come back. So Zane's in the ring, music's playing. 
People singing along. See? That was going for absolutely <laughs> ages. They I know. must have cut that. <laughs> I know. They must have edited that's been there for about five or ten minutes or something like that. But do you reckon they say in his ear, like, don't start speaking until like they start winding down yeah. and then say that's enough of that and then we can edit it all out. They must do, you know. That was the final biggest bit of editing that I saw all night, you know. And uh, Zane come out and, yeah, what did Zane have to say, Dan? He was just saying that he's got a doctor's note that Bobby Lashley, whilst holding him upside down in a suplex, gave him vertigo. And that was the first ever vertigo that ever occurred from a suplex. Yeah, and uh, I felt really sorry for Sami Zayn. Like I said, he had a doctor's note and had to read it as well. And uh, it's quite bad that Bobby Lashley has to uh, put him through that, so to speak. But uh, I thought, again, took, the speech went on for too long for me. Yes, Sammy Zayn. there was a memorable mo- moment in it. And it says... Has it occurred to anyone else that Prince Harry looks a lot like me? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was. I think he looks more like Grover from the uh, from Muppets, but or Sesame Street. But yeah, I suppose a little bit like Prince Harry. Um, again, he was talking about Bobby Lashley's sisters, his three sisters, and he's going to have big news about that. He's going to interview him next week, and he's trying to get under Lashley's skin. But again, I've just thought it went on for too long. That finished, and then we had the triple threat women's money in the bank qualifier. Which was that? That was Bailey, Mickey James, and of course the beautiful Alexa Bliss. Which is, you know, I wanted to see. I don't know about we. I can't tie us both in the same brush, but I definitely wanted to see a bit of Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I think you want to see more than Alexa Bliss. Uh, but no, I mean Mickey James and Bailey, uh, big fans of them as well. Bailey had a wibbly wobbly and flight ball. Um, thing coming out here didn't she and uh, she had quite a positive response we we had the hey bailey chance uh, and alexa bliss like i said might have lost a step or two in recent weeks what did you think she looked like on uh, um, raw dan who alexa bailey bliss. oh alexa bliss i thought she looked absolutely beautiful no no how do you think she read not just her appearance <laughs> what do you think of her performance it was good you know she teamed up with her friend mickey james to take out bailey but Bailey managed to get her way back and things got heated between Bliss and James. And Bailey certainly took advantage of that, but a forearm to the jaw and a DDT secured the victory for Bliss. Yeah, so I don't think she looked too bad. Uh, Bliss does get the victory and she moves forward to Money in the Bank. Money. Then we see another recap of uh, Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal from earlier, of course, and then Jinder Mahal... In the back, and he's saying he feels a little bit better, but he'd be ready for action. Well, he was until he got speared through uh, a wall by Roman Reigns, mm. and then he didn't feel good after that. But I don't think it was... A, I'm going to cause a little bit of controversy here. I don't think it was a real wall. Because there's a sign there that shows that way, so why would they have yeah. a wall there? Well, from my experience in the building trade, and as you know, I am a, I am a builder, well, a carpenter, but I do all sorts of building work. Mm-hmm. And that plasterboard, it wasn't fixed on 4 by 2 noggins, noggins, which it should have had. It should have been taped, jointed, and plaster skimmed as well. So, yes, you could say that that was definitely set up. Yeah. But Owens... Uh, Owens. But now Kurt Angle has a problem because he said Jinder Hall's going to be in a match. Jinder obviously can't continue. So what's he going to do? He's going to have to think about this. As we get our next match. So the next match was, well, tag team match. Finn Balor 
and Braun Strowman versus Dolph Ziggler and my man, Drew McIntyre. And uh, what a huge match this was when you think about it. You know, Finn Balor, first uh, Universal Champion. And then you've got Braun Strowman, of course, the uh, monster among men, who's just been dominant recently. And uh, Dolph and Drew looked every part their equals, which I was surprised about. But the good thing is, I liked, is the kind of... Balor got a good response. But Braun's um, entrance, I think, was the biggest kind of face of the night, really. I think it'd be fair to say, who got a bigger response than Braun Strowman? No, I'd have to agree with you, Braun Strowman. And a huge roar, Strowman comes out as well, so... He was really, really popular. Of course, you see the uh, WWE Greatest Royal Rumble trophy there at ringside in pristine condition as you await Dolph and uh, Drew. Of course, Dolph didn't come alone. He didn't. And look at the response, Drew McIntyre. And look at that man there. Is he or is he not a ready-made WWE superstar, eh? Comes out looking like that. Even Strowman and Balor are intimidated by Drew McIntyre. <laughs> you can tell by their faces. It was great to see Drew. The last time we saw McIntyre, of course, he was uh, in NXT. Um, and he was teaming up with Alistair Black to take on CN. And, of course, Bobby Roode, my other man who we've seen tonight. So, McIntyre. So, we've already had a great Intercontinental title match. That's what Dan wanted. We've seen Bobby Roode and now Drew McIntyre. Oh, we've seen Alexa Bliss. We've seen Alexa Bliss and we've seen Drew McIntyre as well. And McIntyre, face-to-face with Strowman, doesn't back up. He's not scared at all. And uh, it's great to see Drew. Yeah, he's all man right there, Booker. You're right about that. So, yeah, Ziggler, McIntyre, uh, Strowman, Balor. You better tell us about the match, Dan, because I'm just going to be really unbiased about it. (laughs) Well, we was teased of a Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman face-off, but McIntyre was smirking. He wasn't smirking, Dan. He's just using his fantastic brain of his. No, he didn't. He he didn't have a cigarette in his gob. He just had a smile on his face because he tagged out. Ziggler come in, and they was getting overwhelmed by the monster among men, as they rightly should do, because Braun Strowman is getting the monster push. But after a little while, uh, Finn Balor came in, and they managed to the heels managed to kind of overpower him. Yeah, well, with Strowman, it was more of a case of doing what he does in near enough every match now, isn't it? And running into the ring post, as he did. And like you said, Balor got to, gets a tag. Looks like he's going to get the uh, victory. But you can see the chest of Balor where McIntyre's chops were earlier in the match. And uh, McIntyre's such an intimidating presence. And he's not been there with Braun Strowman yet. To get the victory with a coup de grace. But McIntyre, again, using his brains. Because McIntyre's just fucking brilliant. Have you seen Drew McIntyre get no, not yet. run through? Double kick to the corner. Balor's looking to go up to finish this with the coup de grace, as you're saying. And then McIntyre using his great intelligence to stop Finn Balor. Go- oh, pow! Trophy. No, it's gone. <laughs> and that gave Ziggler enough time to shake the ropes. Balor fell to the mat and he got covered by Dolph Ziggler. So Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre beat Braun Strowman and Finn Balor. We talk about beaten. Well, the trophy's broken when Strowman came round and threw McIntyre into it. But you've got to think, that's like 400 pounds of muscle there, isn't it? <laughs> so they beat Strowman and Balor. And how good is that? 
for Drew McIntyre. Looking like a star. And then we get a recap of the Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax segment earlier and the match. And then Kurt Angle gets a phone call. He gets a phone call from Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley saying, because uh, Jinder Mahal is not in the match, she's got a perfect replacement. And they don't reveal who it is just yet. But Kurt Angle is not happy about it. But now, sorry, I lied to you, Dan, because I said Strowman got the biggest pop of the night. Uh, it was the next man who, who was it and who was getting the biggest cheer. And again, faces and heels do no longer matter on Raw because Elias is a bad guy, but it's just a great response he gets. Kevin Owens interrupts him very, very rudely. So Owens is going to be Mahal's replacement. Lashley comes out here to a tepid response. Um, I, I said this when he, when he came back at the night after Mania. How long will it be until the fans would give up on him and he was we were talking about it, he was Roman Reigns before Roman Reigns was Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. so Lashley's here uh, so it's a triple threat main event Owens Elias and Lashley what were your take on it kudos for Kevin Owens for pulling double duty it was you know it was good of him to do that it was it was quite good because you know the Hills Elias and Owens teamed up to attempt to take out Bobby Lashley. And then Lashley managed to get back into the match. The match wasn't terrible. No, I think it wasn't bad, especially with Owens, like you said, as a workhorse. And I think Elias is a better in-ring performer than people uh, people forget that sometimes as well. There was one funny moment during the match when Lashley and Owens were both down. And then Elias uh, asked for the microphone and the guitar. And you can hear the chants in the crowd. Let him well. sing. And that got quite a laugh as well when those came in and Elias managed to drop him and, of course, Bobby Lashley. But will he get a chance to play the guitar? I mean, this is the question we've got to ask ourselves now. And Lashley comes in pretty strongly. He's going to go suplex Elias. But Kevin Owens assists his heel ally and they both go to suplex Lashley. But they forget about the power of Bobby, didn't they? They do indeed. And they get, both get suplexed by the Dominator. A huge O walk with Elias chant going up through the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it, but it is the same Menzo Moore chant that they used a couple of years back as well. So they should come up and say a little bit more original, even though I was singing it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, everybody was in the end, so. But the better chant of that match was Lashley's sisters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Bobby's sisters, you know, they've become a part of him now after what Sami Zayn did. And, of course, talking about him last week, we'll find out next week what the sisters actually like and if it actually helps Bobby Lashley. And a few yay-nay chants for the punches between Elias and Lashley, but going in the heel's favour. He likes to finish things off with the Dominator. And he's got Zayn. Ooh. Plants him. Goes for the cover too. But Sami Zayn pulls Lashley out of the ring. And he gets a hero's response for it. Throws Lashley into the ring post. Hell of a kick. And then Zayn saying the ones, come on, go up. Go up and claim the victory. Bullfrog splash. One, two, three. And Owens is going forward to money in the bank. Thanks to his friend, Sammy Zayn. You know, he stole one here, but double duty for Kevin Owens here tonight. And like I said, not a bad main event. You know, it was it was okay. The fans were all right with it. So we know at the moment at money in the bank that the people qualify for it. 
are, of course, the glorious Bobby Roode, the awesome one, The Miz. You've got Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Rusev, and Kevin Owens. So you've still got two more to add to the men's ladder match. That's not a bad lineup so far, is it? No, that is that's quite a good lineup. So that is it for Monday Night Raw. The show goes off the air as Lashley looks annoyed. But that wasn't all right, Dan, was it? No, because we was treated to a dark match after the event as well, which was, I think, probably the the more fun match of the night. I think it was. You know, a, yeah. few, a few people left and uh, they weren't sure what was going on, but we always know there's a kind of a dark match on afterwards to give the fans something. So Lashley stayed out with Elias and then Seth Rollins and... Roman, Roman Reigns came out. The team of Lashley, Owens and Zayn were back out. So it was a six-man tag team match. Uh, and like I said, it was a lot of fun. And we decided to do something a little bit fun during the match as well, didn't we? Do you remember what we did? I well, i tell you what we did, Dan. So about halfway through, we thought, wouldn't it be funny if we started charting Roman Reigns and cheering his moves as much as we would if, say, I don't know, Alexa, Randy Orton or Drew McIntyre had done these moves. Yeah. So if people were actually yeah. looking at us when he's hitting the Superman punch. We're going, yeah, come on, Roman. <laughs> Everybody around us is going, what are you doing? Boo him. We're like, no, God damn it. We love Roman Reigns. So we were cheering for him. Luckily, Roman Reigns did get the victory as well. Got a bit of video of that. He did indeed, um, It was quite funny because during the match as well, Elias tried to grab his guitar again and Rollins choked him off, didn't he, and started singing he his started own song. singing his own song, yeah. And, but we was treated to a walk with Elias moment. And yeah. we did get to walk with Elias. And, you know, unlike anywhere in America, he only had to ask... What does WWE stand for? And he only had to ask it once. He did. Well, before we get on that, Reigns hit the uh, the spear for the victory. Of course, everybody booed. And then Rollins grabbed the mic and said, no, you don't want to hear Bobby Lashley sing, do you? You don't want to hear Roman Reigns. Well, uh, Elias, you're going to play London, buddy. And like I said, gave him the mic. He got the mic. And yeah, it was one of the loudest um, walk with Elias's that we'd heard. We'd go up and move seats a little bit. Um and then there's empty seats in front of us. And then suddenly this guy just kind of falls down in front of us. We think, oh, shit, has he fallen over? What's happened like that? No, it was alcohol fuel. It was. He was he was drunk as a, as a skunk because his mate tried to pick him up and he staggered up the stairs. And I thought, oh, my word. But then we had GPD, uh, Elias. He grabs the guitar and then sings a song. We've got, we've got the full video, haven't we, that we're going to put up there. Uh, and he sings a song about London. And even though he says London sucks, we still cheer the fuck out of him anyway, don't we? I'd say something as well, I was surprised. He actually can play the guitar. Yeah. He, you know, he was, he was strumming along and I was like, he can play. Uh, you know, singing's not all great. And then it was a great moment because, you know, he finished his song. He'd just been rude to us, put his guitar down in the middle of the ring and then saluted all, all the four corners, as you do. Yeah. And uh, it was basically Elias's night in the end, that would be fair to say, wouldn't it, you know? Most definitely, yeah. He certainly, you know, he he performed really well. All the fans were talking about him as we left. Uh, and like I say, he put in a performance there in those two matches that we kind of remembered. But looking back on Raw, you know, coming out of the car, we did do a video of our, our thoughts afterwards. But I, I thought it was... Well, you said it best, didn't you, Dan, what you said the Raw was? Yes, it was a show tailor-made for me and yourself. We got to see 
all our greats, all our favourites. We just we had some really memorable moments. We saw Alexa Bliss winning. We saw the team of Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler winning. We saw Bobby Roode winning. We saw Mojo Rawley winning. But no, with all the matches, we, you know, we saw a great Seth Rollins moment. We saw him retaining his Intercontinental Championship. We saw Kevin Owens. We saw Sami Zayn. It was just tailor-made for what we could have wanted with the Raw roster. And, of course, we got to walk with Elias. Yeah, it really was. With everybody winning like that as well. And the kind of authors of pain from NXT that we saw, Ember Moon, Noah Jose, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre. It was a kind of real uh, full circle kind of thing, Well, especially it? with Drew McIntyre, because if we go back to, what, four years ago? Uh-huh. We was... At a, a local independent event for Rev Pro Wrestling, and we saw Drew McIntyre there. James was completely starstruck, <laughs> and the photo of him shaking hands. He got him to sign a Rangers shirt as well, yeah. and which is upstairs and uh, in a frame. Don't forget, so no one can get to it. Yes, under lock and key with a security guard standing by twenty four seven. Yeah, but it was. It, it, we saw him as NXT champion in Brighton. No, Bobby Roode was NXT champion at oh, that time. We, well, we saw him. Sorry, we saw him in NXT in Brighton. Event there, and we saw him tonight as a main event. You know, well, not as a main event, but as a part of a tag team with Dolph Ziggler here. Yeah. So it's it's kind of come full circle. We, we, you know, we saw him on telly when he was part of uh, well, the chosen one. And then, you know, he, he went away for a bit. We saw him, Independence, NXT, and now back on the main roster. It's yeah. kind of, you know, been a full circle thing yeah. to enjoy. And what's going to make it even better when we see him next year and he's on SmackDown as champion? That's going to be the kind of, you know what I mean? That's the kind of next stage for its phases, phase four. Uh, but it was, it was I really enjoyed it, uh, Monday Night Raw. We sit down, we can enjoy it. The, the lights wasn't too hot. There was actually quite a nice breeze coming through at some points, weren't there? So, there was a nice Tyler. There was. So uh, we, we had that. And we had lots of things. Is it breeze Angle, Fandango? I was a, a, I was a Breeze Angle I was a fan of. Uh, it, was, it was good to see Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. It was nice to see Sasha Banks. Good to see Bailey. Like I said, the show might not have been great overall, but it was pitch perfect for what we were looking for. And to see that amount of talent that we have seen and, and see it play differently was great, you know? Uh, so that was for anything else on Monday Night Raw? No, I think it's been covered. Yeah. So then we go to 15th of May, which was SmackDown. And uh, we came back and I was pretty buzzing. And we both had days off work on a Tuesday. So uh, I managed to get a sleep in. Did you uh, get an early night on Monday, Dan? No, I came back to Canterbury, drove to Maystone and I was shagging. <laughs> There you go then. So fair enough. So Tuesday we were you were a little bit tuckered, and uh, we were all right, like getting ready for the show. And uh, we kind of had more excitement because SmackDown with Raw we only want like three things. With SmackDown there was quite a few things that we were looking for. You know, I think the main thing obviously was uh, Rusev being Rusev and how popular he was, of course, and everything going on there. Uh, obviously, Dan, your favourite as well that you wanted to see. I wanted to see Randy Orton, of mm-hmm. course. I've seen him live a few times, but you know you can never see Randy Orton too many times no. live. I want to see the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger as well. Of course, AJ Styles is one of those guys they want to see on SmackDown. Shinzuki fucking Nakamura, and of course, 
Daniel Bryan. So would we get our wishes? You know, this is uh, quite a lot to ask for and what would really happen. I mean, a bonus, maybe Samoa Joe being involved somehow as well would have been cool. Of course, the Iconics from uh, NXT. But uh, we'll see what happens with SmackDown. So we got there. We travelled basically at the exact same time. Uh, and did near enough that same thing. The only difference is that we queued up at the massive merchandise stall this time round. But it was a lot quieter, wasn't it? It wasn't it was. as busy, no. And there was a lot more uh, kids and, uh, and, and more family-friendly kind of thing than it was on Monday. But still, very, very busy. And we queued up for our T-shirts. And Dan, you decided you didn't get any T-shirts on Monday, did you? I didn't, no. I, I thought that was massively overpriced. I didn't really see any that appealed to me. Yeah. But on the Tuesday... I was free to wear any T-shirt I wanted, <laughs> so I purchased myself a Happy Rusev Day T-shirt, and I got a Daniel Bryan one as well for my brother, whose yeah. birthday it was. Yeah, so um, you got your Happy Rusev Day to you, Dan, sorry. Happy Rusev Day to you too, sir. Uh, so, yeah, you got Rusev Day tops, and we went in there, and the I, I don't know if it was just my kind of... Uh, just overall charisma, whatever it was. But obviously, the girl behind the counter took a shine to me. Uh, no, because I said, like, you know, oh, I said, is it all right if I just point out the T-shirts that, you you know, like, I want? She went, oh, that's been no one's ever, no one's done that. They just keep asking me for, like, Daniel Bryan T-shirt. And I don't know who that is. I said, that's fine. Just follow me and I'll point out what I want. Walk with Rollins. Yeah, walk with Rollins. Uh, so I, I myself purchased a, a Russo and a Daniel Bryan T-shirt as well. They were both £30. But there was a kind of Bobby Roode t-shirt there. There was uh, the one that I've already got with the kind of Bobby Roode uh, with the spotlight on him. And, of course, you've got the glorious Bobby Roode t-shirt that someone got me as well. I can't, I can't remember, maybe a fan. And uh, the, the third one I got was uh, Bobby Roode, Glorious Has Arrived, purple t-shirt with him on the back. And it was only like £15. So I thought that was good. And also a Harley Boys t-shirt, Harley Boys Reborn. I didn't manage to get it last year so i just got it this year as well so i thought it wasn't too bad i thought it was better deals on the t-shirt on tuesday than they definitely were on monday if you know what i mean so i think that was all good uh, we decided to queue up a little bit later than we had done on the monday which meant we did have a little bit more uh line up but i don't think it was too crazy do you i think we was further forward in the line going a bit later than we was when we went earlier yeah, so uh, it was a bit more chilled out because obviously we had experienced it on Monday and we'd, we'd done it before, so we kind of knew. So we knew about the T-shirts and stuff. We walked in, we knew about the... Uh, so we were going to queue up and get some more chips and coke. We were, we were idiots to ourselves anyway. And uh, as we did that, uh, we, we queued up for ages and it was the exact same guy served us on the Monday. We should have learned our lessons because <laughs> the man was a ditherer. <laughs> we spotted someone who was about six or seven people behind us in the queue next to us and they got served before we even came out. Uh, before we even got close, <laughs> which, you know, we should have learned. And then it was our turn next. And, of course, they had they had a problem with the till, so they had three people standing around the till, mucking around, like, you know, trying to sort out something for... Probably because there was so much money in there where they charged yeah, us yeah, yeah. an awful lot for the chips and drinks. But we still paid for it. Yeah. Well, well, we got the Coke, and this is the funny thing about it, is that we got the Coke, and... Um, the guy obviously knew he had no straws, so poured the drink. He poured the drink out. I know, I know. We poured the drink out, and Dan, and he said, "Oh, there's no straws." So I said, "You know, being the comic comedic character that I always am, I said, oh, don't worry about it." And he looked at us with a bit of disappointment <laughs> in our eyes, ready to take the drinks back that he had just poured. 
was like, no, I'm only joking. No, we're just fucking with you. Uh, which was which was funny. So we had that. Um, we I tell you something else they've done as well. The toilets, uh, they've changed the toilets a little bit at the O2, which kind of makes it uh, easier to to use, I suppose. Uh, so that's quite good. But we walked out, and I knew the seats were better because we spent a little bit more. Only. Uh, I think £25 more, so it was about £100 a ticket. It's still quite expensive, but luckily I saved up for a couple of years to get it. Um, and we, we'd walked in and wondered where we were. And again, it's not really that well mapped up, because it's like 101 to like 110, whether it's all you like the 400 seats, which you say the cheap ones at the top, uh, which is still 40 quid, by the way, so it's not that fucking cheap. And we, we were told just, oh, it's a C-section, <laughs> to go down and just walk towards it. Of course, C1 is kind of the area around ringside there, which sells out really quick. But the C2 sections are kind of either side of the ramp, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But we were quite lucky because we, when we got there, we realised that we were like, I think, P1, P2. C, uh, yeah, block C, P1 and P2, which are the aisle seats. Yes, yeah, so we were basically right on where the kind of entrance, where we could, you know, you, you would see us on TV. And uh, we thought, oh, this is brilliant. But it would kind of, it was different to Raw. And I think with Raw, you could, it was more of a sit down not chilled out, but you could just watch it. With this one, you felt a part of it, didn't you? You know, especially on the entrances and exits of yeah. the wrestlers as well. Yeah, I mean, because every time you know wrestlers would get in or come out, there'd be a rush. But obviously, we just put our hands on the side and then get up and just stand there as well. So it was fine. Uh, but we start off SmackDown Live, and like I say, the fir- the opening shot. So SmackDown starts and you get the kind of wide shot of the crowd saying you're in London, UK. And then the next shot after that, <laughs> we're, me and James. we're in it. Yeah, bottom right-hand corner. Uh, yeah, and a little bit ghostly, but still in it here. We are in London, UK. And then we get the Nakamura AJ Styles announcement tonight that it will be them facing off in quite a, a major main event. Major, major main, main event. event. Uh, who will find out what stipulation is when we get news about that. And then Daniel Bryan comes out. Yes, 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 he did. To a huge response. And again, I don't know if they've edited this at all, but the just the cheers when Renee Young was trying to interview him in the ring. You know, it was just such a phenomenal cheer I, I, and the big I, response that he was getting. I couldn't hear Renee Young when she was talking to Daniel Bryan. That's how loud the cheers were. You can see the yes chance as we're watching it back right now. <laughs> Renee Young was talking about the longest endurance record of the greatest Royal Rumble. But the <laughs> Daniel Bryan chant going out through the crowd and Renee Young even giggles to herself because of the response. Daniel Bryan is in the ring and he's got a massive grit on his face. He's not even smirking. No, he's not. He's he just is happy. beaming from ear to ear. <laughs> Renee Young's just like, <laughs> what can I do? We were pleased to see him. Oh, look, there's the back of my head there. The fat one next to the kid. That's what I love behind. We can feel it, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Brian said he's disappointed about losing to Russo, but it's his goal in life to be WWE champion. But unfortunately, Big Cass then interrupts him. We were dreading Big Cass being on the show, and he was there. But this is how... Unimportant Cass was, and, uh, Dan and myself, 
the fact when he come out we were more interested in our phones than we were what Big Cass had to say we standing right in front of us this is on the phone I'm showing the camera on my phone <laughs> wearing my Happy Rusev Day t-shirt <laughs> James proudly representing the WNR podcast so yeah there we are and uh, I was funny when someone saw it they go oh you're bigger than the wrestlers <laughs> I said yeah well I uh, put on some girls you definitely see I'm taller than you who can I'm leaning down right. look at my phone little child I've got a little boy next to me you've got a little girl next to you so we start, start chanting Rusev Day during our big Cass's. Oh, we start chanting, you tapped out the big Cass as he uh, says how much of a disappointment Brian is. And then Cass decides to get in the ring. Big mistake because Brian gets the better of him, hangs him up over the second rope and just beats. And then even worse than that, Brian works on the leg more and makes Cass tap out. And then when Daniel Bryan came back, and we got video of this as well, you can see us high-fiving Daniel Bryan and me yes. shouting, You the man, Dan! As you normally do. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, that, stop talking to me, James. Talk <laughs> to the wrestler. So it's good. We got to uh, high-five Daniel Bryan. And then our next match was... Well, it was quite important. It was a SmackDown. It was a, well, first off, hang on. Let's not put the cart full of horse. So up next, Money in the Bank mm-hmm. match. But the Miz comes out because he's already qualified for Money in the Bank. And he's awesome. Guys come out, put the ladders up, and ran away again. Miz coming out, and then... You the man! <laughs> you the man! <laughs> you see me filming? So we've got that the other way around. <laughs> Look how serious I am about that. He is the man! He is! Miz is the man! Uh, and then we had the New Day coming out. And they went to the crap people just in front of us, which was a little bit annoying, and they handed out pancakes. And then there was a pancake tantalising close to us, wasn't there? I was absolutely starving after the (laughs) expensive chips that we shared. I was starving, and I fancied a pancake, and it was just staring at me. Just out of reach, too far. So it was the bar that comes out. Catchphrase, we don't set the bar, we are the bar. His arm blocked our faces then, that's not fair. So, yeah, we had this match. I mean, it wasn't a bad tag team match. Not like we could see a lot, because what was the problem where we were sitting, really? It was all at one level, and it was constantly told to sit down, but the people in front of us wasn't. An aisle Nazi, shall I say? <laughs> yeah. To be polite. <laughs> Fair to say. <laughs> and, yes, he was constantly telling people to sit down, but not the people in front of us. No, so that was a slight problem, so we couldn't really see all the action. We saw the majority of it. What helped... Is I put my camera above my head, basically filmed that, and then we could see it a little bit more clearer. But uh, the New Day did get the victory in not a bad match. I have obviously we've rewatched SmackDown since then, so it was quite cool. I mean, yeah. Big E's uh, quite impressive in the match as always. His suicide dive taking out Sheamus. Yeah, and then Woods, of course, walking the ropes as well to finish things off. Big elbow drop hitting Cesaro. One, two, three. Mm. But again, as the New Day came back out. I got. To, I missed Xavier Woods, but I did get Kofi Kingston and Big E as well, so I was happy about yes, that. Yes, I high-fived. Yeah, I think I high-fived Kingston and Big E. You got the video? I've got video. You got We're going to put everything up there anyway, yeah. so that's all the best bits. And then they start throwing out pancakes. But we are going to get a Royal Melebration later in the show as well. We was promised. Yeah, <laughs> so it shall be. And uh, the Bludgeon Brothers give an interview about just how good they are. And then we see Paige back. All the rage. Yeah, she's with Sonia Deville, Mandy Rose, and says both of these women will have Money in the Bank qualifier tonight against Becky Lynch in a triple threat match. 
Well, so it's going to be a handicap match, and if both the women win, they both go through? No, no, no. It's a triple threat, so it means there's only one winner, so it's every woman for herself. And then we see AJ Styles interviewed by Renee Young, and AJ says that he's beaten Nakamura before, and he'll beat him again tonight. Debut of someone who we saw in NXT. We talk about the Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, and Alice Black team, and I Bobby Roode, and the man debuting right now, Dan. The 311 boy, Andrade Cien Almas. So it's good to see him. <laughs> yes, we saw his SmackDown debut. He was going against a local competitor known as Jake Constantino. Yeah. Well, the match really was just a showcase for Cien, really, wasn't it, you know? It was Jake Constantino probably got about two shots in. Yeah, he got uh, pretty banged out. He hit double knees and then, of course, the underhook DDT for the victory. The hammerlock DDT. The hammerlock DDT for the victory, Cien did. And then Selena Vega got the mic and said he's looking for some real competition. I thought someone might come out then. Alas, they didn't. But then backstage. Backstage, we have to Rusev and Aiden English. And he was just about to sing his new Rusev Day song. When Lana interrupted and said she will be part of Rusev Day now and she's got a match next week against Billy Kay for the Women's Money in the Bank qualifying. It's a bit disappointing, but you still did get a Rusev Day, didn't we? But the question is, it was a little bit disappointing. We saw backstage. Why didn't they come out then? Why do you think the reason is because of that? I mean, I don't know. Disappointing. It is disappointing. I mean, was that the biggest disappointment of the night? One of them. <laughs> we'll talk about your disappointments in a minute. I feel the reason out there is because they knew the response he would get. And I think they're trying to stop that from happening. There's talk going around they want to make him heal again and split with Raiden English. So maybe they just didn't want to do that. And they just put, they put him on the screen so they appease fans. They go, look, he was there, but he just didn't come out. It's a shame they didn't use him for the dark match. Spoiler ahead. But... um. We'll see what happens elsewhere on SmackDown. And up next is the Raw Melabration. Melabration. Well, we <laughs> it started off with a Royal Procl- Proclamation. And some bloke came out, a town crier. How are ye? How are ye? And I think the chant of who are you was probably louder than that. There's me filming Carmella's, Carmella's ass. I don't know where I am. You're next to me, James. Oh, yeah. Music hit and Carmella came out and the princess of Staten Island claimed she was better than everyone, even claiming to be better than Trish and Lita combined. Mm. But she was interrupted. Really? Oh, yeah. I know know she was. I was there watching. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, go on. By Paige. Oh. To a massive chant, a huge ovation. She is obviously a local hometown hero. And, you know, over a massive It's Your House chant, she came out and said, well, Paige said, I'm going to make my own royal proclamation. And it is at Money in the Bank, Carmella will defend her title against this uh, woman. Yes, and no one is ready for Oscar. And Oscar comes out here, the most charismatic superstar on the WWE roster, comes out here and look how happy See I James am. saying, you the man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying Oscar, that. You the man. You're Oscar, you rock. Oscar's awesome, and we see her coming out here confronting Carmella, 
and no one is ready for Oscar. Apart from Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens at Man in the Bank. Carmella storms off and look at Oscar smirking. No, James. She hasn't got a cigarette in her gov. She's just got a smile on her face. And at NXT in June last year, we saw Oscar versus Ember Moon. And now over two nights, we've seen both women. I know Oscar didn't wrestle, but it's still great to see her. I'm saying to Carmella, you ain't ready for Oscar. Oscar's <laughs> gonna kill you. I t- did try starting that chant, but yeah. I fell on deaf ears. So then Renee Young's talking to Shinzuki fucking Nakamura, but I'm all right. He knows speak English. He knows speak English, so he can't really say what he wants to. But we have got one more match before our main event of Styles and Nakamura, and it is Lynch, Deville, Rose. I don't know. The thing is, with their entrances, we've all got weird ones. So Lynch goes to the left-hand side of us, so you, you don't really see us. Not not that it's about us, of course. She gave her goggles to the person opposite us. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and, then, <coughs> and then Mandy Rose coming out. She's got like weird filter on either side as well, so you can't really see anything. Plus the big fucking thing that comes on the right-hand side. as well, which I noticed. As but, so you out. can't really see us. We're all blurry and shit. And then Deville comes out, and again, I don't think you can really see us because she's a lesbian. Oh, no, you can see her. There we go. So then these three women have their match. I mean, Dan, what are your your thoughts on it? Well, any signs of absolution were gone as Deville laid out both Lynch and Rose coming out of the break. Lynch, a fighter with unbreakable will, fought from underneath for the majority of the bout, and a double drop kick from the top rope left the heels reeling. A running knee from Rose inadvertently wiped out Deville, allowing Lynch to trap Rose in the disarm her. And a tap out later, Link, Lynch cashed her ticket to Money in the Bank. Yeah, so, I mean, it was all right. Again, we couldn't see a lot. We saw the disarmer in the end. Uh, not a bad match. But again, it just it feels too similar for Raw. If they're going to be separate, don't keep having the same type of matches, you know. But, again, not too bad. Uh, a little bit, Another little bit of annoyance. Uh, you did tweet during the night about... Wanted to see Randy Orton, and then someone wanted to disappoint you, didn't they? Yes. And they were like, oh, Randy Orton will not be there. Um, we'll talk about why he's not in a bit, but of course we didn't see Rusev coming out. And then we've got... we've Smell got t- Joe on the big screen. Exactly, we got told like, next week's Cass versus Joe, and it's called Billy Kay versus Lana. So we didn't see the Iconics, we didn't see Joe, but we did get him on the big screen for a, a couple of interviews, you know. And then we had, of course... Um, Shinzuki fucking Nakamura's entrance, which I think the camera can't catch us, yeah. There they are, they see you. There's you in your beard. You miss me in my beard. So, yeah, Nakamura comes out with AJ Styles, and I don't want to be biased here, but I think this match is the best match these two have had in WWE. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it'd be fair to say that we did see the best one, and uh, I thought it was really, really good, and it obviously it could have gone a little bit longer. But to tell a story there, I would want to see it again at Money in the Bank. It's, it's made me think, yeah, actually, there's more to this feud. Successfully attended the WWE title at WrestleMania versus Nakamura at a Greatest Royal Rumble and a Backlash. Mm. So, yeah, it is styles Nakamura. Like I say, great match. Uh, yeah, the best match these two guys have had to date. And this match, it had a stipulation as well. The winner of this bout would choose the stipulation for their Money in the Bank title match. Yeah. Which I think is fair, you know. I mean, it's a bit surprised they're giving it, giving it to us now, but it does feel more of a series of matches than it does an actual, you know what I mean, kind of one-off type thing. It feels like a feud that could go on 
for a lot longer. Maybe in the best of seven series or something like this. Do you know what I mean? Seamus Cesaro still and they end up being a tag team anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not that. But what would you call them? Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. Stole more, I think. Uh, we're just going to... Styles. Yeah, we're going to the closing segments of this match here because uh, we were able to enjoy it. It's the best Nakamura's look, really, in the WWE ring, isn't it? Uh, or the Raw or SmackDown ring, I think it would be fair to say. Yeah. He looked great in NXT, but I think in this match he looked uh, better than usual. There you go. Styles, phenomenal forearm, finishing Nakamura. Oh, Nakamura goes for the Kinshasa. Styles catches him with a kick, then goes on the, the hit the phenomenal... No. Styles clash attempt. Sends Styles to the outside, who lands on the apron. Hangs on. Manages to forearm Nakamura. Phenomenal forearm attempt. Nakamura moves. Referee worried about getting hit. Looking for Nakamura looks for the exploder. Styles turns round. And Nakamura pretends he's got low blowed by the referee. Referee's like, did you do that? I'm going to have to disqualify you. Catches him. Exploder. Sends Styles inside out. And now Nakamura oh. ready to finish it. King Shaya. King Shaya. He goes for the cover. One, two, two three. Nakamura beats AJ Styles. And look at him smirking. Yeah, no, James, he hasn't got a grin on his goal. He's just got a grin on his face because he gets to choose what kind of match these two guys have and he's got bogey on his nose. So that is it for SmackDown. Nakamura does get the victory. Uh, and, of course, after that, it's 205 Live. And what we'll do, we'll cover 205 Live on the, uh, the WNR for June. We'll have a look at that there along with the other episodes that we've got to catch up on. So we'll just wrap up SmackDown now. We were told that there was going to be a dark match as well, which was Jeff Hardy defending the US title versus The Miz. And The Miz, who'd come out earlier, changed to come out ready for action. And again, it's quite a quick match. But an interesting thing, when Jeff Hardy came out, it looked like he was limping. And he limped out and he was in the ring and he limped for the majority of that match, didn't he, really? He was, yes. He was favouring his leg. He seems to have been carrying an injury. Well, apparently they're saying that he picked up an injury at the actual event itself. So when he came out, he knocked it either on the light or the ringway or something like this and picked it up. But it's not as bad as first thought. It might have been a rupture or something, but it's not. He's just a little bit banged up. He kind of beat the Miz in maybe a five, ten minute match, which uh, guys sent the fans home. I will say happy. I mean, there's a few Hardy fans that were there were happy to see him. I was a bit upset he didn't get Rusev coming out right at the end and having a Rusev day, you know, uh, which is a bit of a disappointment. So obviously we didn't have Rusev. Uh, yeah, what was your story around York then, Dan? WWE recently hit the O2 Arena in London, England, for episodes of both Monday Night Raw and SmackDown as part of the company's European tour. In addition to this, WWE also held several live events throughout Europe, including Ronda Rousey's first single match. One major star was missing from the bunch over in Europe, however, and some fans were a bit disappointed not to see him, me, more importantly than the others. Former WWE and World Heavyweight Champion Randy Orton was nowhere to be seen on the European Tour this week. It turns out that Orton is not obligated to attend these events. Per a report from some sources, Orton's contract with WWE requires him to work a limited touring schedule. At this point, Per is placing more prominence on TV appearances for the company. 
instead of competing at live events. Orton is not injured or anything of the sort. He simply didn't need to attend the tour and is enjoying time at home with his family. Unfortunately, though, we realised that Orton did actually want to be on the tour, but did have he's had minor knee surgery now just uh, on the road to recovery. It's not going to keep him out for too long, maybe a couple of months. He should be back by SummerSlam, but that is the latest update. So Randy Orton, even though he didn't want to, he didn't like, have to travel, wanted to, but actually couldn't because of uh, the knee injury, which is a little bit of a shame for him as well. A little bit of a shame we didn't see Ronda Rousey, but she was filming that week as well uh, for uh, another show she was doing. Uh, Ty Denninger wasn't featured at all. I think that's just a case of uh, not having enough space for him, really. You know, it would be nice to see him on the show, but there was no matches before SmackDown, was there? SmackDown just started, and of course you had 205 Live afterwards yes. as well. So it's a bit of a shame we didn't see Ty, but we did see Ty Dinger last year, so that wasn't too bad. The same with Samoa Joe as well. Joe wasn't there, but we did see him last year. So I think the real big disappointment, apart from Randy Orton, would probably be the Rusev thing, wouldn't it? You know? Yes, it would have been great to have had a Rusev Day chant with Rusev there actually in the ring, yeah, and hearing a... <coughs> exactly so i mean that's a bit of a shame but apart from that it was two completely different shows you know it was a real experience on the tuesday night getting involved i mean there was a couple of funny times with the crowd around us as well you know um a couple, a couple of this is awesome chance and i was like well it's not awesome it's, it's okay isn't it you know and a few guys laughing at that and then later on, because people, you know, they chant anyway. And I thought, fuck it, what am I going to do? I'm just going to, during the Jeff Hardy mismatch, I'll just chant, this is awesome, and see how many people join along. And of course, the, the, the row in front of us did. We started doing that. We stopped it because we were laughing at it for being so stupid. And then other people started chanting it as well. <laughs> so we were like, yes. right, okay. So um, this is also just a bit overused. And there were a few other things. Hopefully, Dan's got the videos of uh, my shouting at various different wrestlers as well. I've got a few videos. I'm in the process of sending them across to you. Yeah. I mean, I did touch a lot of men on Tuesday night, and then I went to the wrestling. So, it will be good to see it all. And like I say, I think we'll be up on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter as well. But, Dan, what were your uh, favourite moment and worst moment of the whole experience? My favourite moments was Raw. I think you know as a as an entire show it was it was very thoroughly enjoyed. I, I I enjoyed the whole I think the raw you know we getting just getting to chill out and watch it and then the smackdown we was getting a bit of superstar interaction as well it was kind of the perfect combination of the both with the tickets the biggest disappointment was the price of the food and drinks and the price of the merchandise as well yeah I think that was disappointment um Oh, and obviously not seeing yeah. a few superstars. Super as well. Superstars, but I think with WWE now, it is the it is the brand name that draws the house now. I don't think there's any one star really who can make that much difference to uh, ticket sales. I think no matter where you go, like I said, ninety five percent full. WWE going to sell out no matter who's uh, top of the talent. And we've seen with people like Big Cass, we've seen it with Big Cass and others that uh, it doesn't matter who's there. You know, they're just going to put out a product no matter what. And I know they weren't the best shows overall, but it's nice, like you said, the difference between the two. So, I mean, that, that's basically it. I mean, is there anything else that we haven't covered on our trips to Raw SmackDown? Well, I'd just like to say that despite him only appearing in a dark match at the end of the evening, Jeff Hardy, with his interaction, was absolutely perfect. Yeah. He went up and down, despite being limping as well, despite carrying an injury... 
He went up and down both sides of the aisleway, high-fiving fans, stopping to take pictures with a couple, you know, getting some absolute moments, ripping up his T-shirt and passing it to one fan who was next to us who made his own Hardy's yeah. sign as well. And he was absolutely elated to get part of his T-shirt or cloth or rag that he'd ripped up and was passing out during the fans. And there was obviously, uh, there was one person as well that I think you had a bit of interaction with who you let go in front of you because he travelled all that way to see Jeff Harley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. If you could ask nicely, then I'll let you go in front. Like I so said, we let the kids have uh, a, a proper view of it as well because it's an experience for them, isn't it? You know, we, we've not to say been there, done that, but, you know, when you see other people having the first experience, like I said, that kid on Raw, he was really tired after a couple of hours, but he kept looking at me like, who's this crazy man with a ponytail and a beard shouting at all these wrestlers? But that's the kind of excitement. You've got to pace yourself at these events, you know? You can't just go all... For me, I can't just go all out in the kind of opening couple of matches, otherwise you're going to have nothing left, you know, especially when it's got like 205 Live, and when you've got something like Raw, it's definitely three hour shows, isn't it, you know, so you got to sustain for that. But all in all, I think compared to last year, I mean, this, this year is near, near on perfect, you know, couple of more, st- couple of more stars and maybe a, a title change or something like this, and it would have been a kind of unforgettable thing, but I think, like I said, it dovetails nice, with the NXT live event that we saw as well. And uh, I think it's really good. You know, like I said, W is going to be back on tour in November and, and there's going to be other the shows. But due to kind of just the price of tickets, and I'm going to have rants about that with the UK tournament and other things as well, we'll probably wait until we go again next year to see uh, what they have on offer, you know. But uh, I think it was all good, you know. So um, I think that is it. There is nothing else, Dan, is there? No, that is everything. So don't forget our next episode, if we go back to normal now, is a WR159, which will be WWE versus WCW, the Monday Night Wars, and it'll be May 1998. But if you want to get any of the pictures or any of the videos and check them all out, then you can do on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We're also across all the Google platforms, Google+. Plus. WWE Network View, send us an email, your thoughts. If you were there at Raw Smackdown, let us know what you thought of the WNL podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Yes, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to have uh, clips going out there of the event, of course. It's WWE Network Review podcast. Podcasts go at the same time to do theirs. Other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Also on SoundCloud. Subscribe to our music maker, Diddly. We're also on Speaker Radio. We've got our live shows coming next month now. NXT in Chicago. Uh, that's a Chicago way. And Stitcher. Sorry, I'm sorry. Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. I have been James Rollins, and as always, always joined by. Damn right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>